0: Hey. Hey. <laughs> Finally starting this. Finally. we got a little bit of a tech problem. No, this is today. take 1. We're good. Yeah, yeah, nothing ever happened. Anyways, so I w- saw this thing this week and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I have to ask uh what you think about this?" I almost stopped myself from saying your name I know, and I then I that. realized that we'd have been doing that. But I've been watching um it was an ad on something. I can't remember what it is.
1: I love watching ads. <laughs> oh
0: gosh uh Every like everyone's doing like streaming services now, like I know everything getting and excessive. this was like an ad for a new streaming service. I think it's Discovery, so it's like Discovery yeah. Plus or something like that. But I was like, this is so interesting. I haven't seen anybody do this. Maybe you have. Hey,
1: if you have Peacock, just email shotacrim at gmail dot com your login, and I <laughs> if I could use it, that would be great because I just want to watch The Office. No, for real, seriously. I would if love anybody's listening,
0: This is all we request. Yeah. But anyways, Discovery Plus, I guess, is doing a streaming service Mm -hmm. and they were advertising this specific show that I don't know if they're just doing it with this case or if they're doing it with multiple cases, but they're blending in like true crime and like unsolved murders and like crimes with like uh, ghost hunting And so they're like going to different places and like trying to solve a crime by talking to ghosts, which I'm like, Uh, this will never be like used in court. Like this, you can't like use that as anything. It's just interesting. And so I guess one of the first ones that they're doing is about, um, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I forgot her name. In Hotel Cecile. Uh, what is her name? Oh, Eliza. Oh yeah. Elisa Pan. Oh, I think that's her last name, right?
1: Elisa Lamb.
0: Lamb. Yes, 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 yes. That's the first case that they're doing. And so they're going to the hotel and like ghost hunting to see if they can like find out any information.
1: That's, that's interesting. I feel like not everyone who's into true crime, but there's a, a section of true crime that's into paranormal stuff yeah. too. So it's kind of this like Weird. small group of people that.
0: I don't know if I, I'm not usually that person where I like to do paranormal stuff, but I'm so intrigued in some of these cases, especially that one that I'm like, do I want to watch that?
1: Oh, I love, I love
0: that stuff. I don't know if I, I would have to watch it during the day with somebody else if I were to ever watch it. But I mean, that's coming we're out We're so apparently. opposite
1: because I would have to watch it like at night with candles lit oh, and no like way. a blanket.
0: Heck no. So yeah, I thought that was interesting that yeah, they're yes, trying and to do that. Speaking of
1: that, that case, the Netflix documentary. Oh yeah. I just started what watching it. What is it
0: called? Uh, you sent it to me. It's called Crime Scene. It's like Crime, crime scene, scene and then it's like something.
1: But it's, it's multiple episodes. It's really interesting because they yeah. talk about kind of this, the social...
0: Crime scene, the vanishing at the Cecile Hotel.
1: Yeah. It's like the social standing of the area and how the hotel kind of reels people in. And they don't realize that it's kind of... I mean, not kind of. It is a very yeah. dangerous hotel. They have communal bathrooms and... And it's in the middle of Skidwell. People live there who uh, have criminal records so they can't get like a lease or rent an apartment. Yeah. So they'll live there and stay there long term. And so, um, obviously she's a young girl that went to stay there. <laughs> so there's definitely questions that doesn't of, live there. You can tell she's
0: like a tourist, right? So. Tourists.
1: Um, there's lots of murderers and yeah. criminals that stayed there cause they couldn't go anywhere else. Um,
0: it's an interesting documentary. I want on episode one, so I haven't finished it, but it's been yeah. very interesting.
1: Very interesting.
0: Yeah. That's all I wanted to bring up. Thought it was interesting. If think, Ashley think watches it's it, she can talk about it. Well, I it's think on this Discovery episode plus, should just so actually, be
1: called "Interesting."
0: <laughs> that's what we keep saying. <laughs> it's just fascinating. Um, Are you ready to flip our coin? Yeah, I've been ready. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Jan. Do we know where the oh, coin is? No, the coin's lost. Okay, we lost the coin. To be fair, I did hand over the coin. I do not know where it went. Honestly,
1: no one can see us. Jan could have pretended to flip a coin and just been like...
0: <laughs> yeah, flip a coin on your phone. <laughs> um, Who's calling it?
1: Oh. You this time.
0: Heads. Tails? Wow, you're on a road, I- dude.
1: Oh. I just, I really, That's yeah. Trash outside. Um, um, okay, cool. So since I won,
0: why are you so quiet?
1: I don't know. That was kind of for scary. some reason I felt like I needed to
0: <laughs> take it down a
1: notch. <laughs> um, okay. So I didn't type out a title, but I thought of one. Okay. And it's gonna be, um, not a fairy tale ending. Aww. And I think you'll get why once I go into the story. Oh no. Okay. If you don't, I can explain it.
0: <laughs>
1: you can mansplain so it. Women'splain it I me. didn't write down what the article what the website was but it's an article by Andrea Cavallari okay um who went into the story and did a really good job once again mostly just if I didn't take her words then I took her concepts so <laughs> she gets credit um so I'm going to be talking about the case of Jennifer Cassie. Oh. Yes.
0: Okay, cool. I'm I'm glad you're doing the story.
1: Yes. Um obviously we are from Florida so it's kind of an yep. interesting case to us. Um very interesting. Mhm. <laughs> um so the article starts with talking about um how Jennifer lives in Orlando and she vanished the article was written a year ago, so it says fourteen oh, years ago okay. it's fifteen Got now it. i believe um on january twenty fourth two thousand
2: article
1: yeah, it was very that's why I liked it too because um there was kind of dead noise, like nothing on the case for a while, yeah, and this is more recent, so mm. there's been a couple updates, but not cool. too much unfortunately um so she disappeared on january twenty fourth two thousand six Um, she was getting ready for work that morning and nothing seemed out of the ordinary. And when they checked her apartment, so she's obviously went missing Mm -hmm. just to give kind of the overall premise, which I normally save, but I I wanted to start with that so you can kind of picture it. Um, But when they went to check her apartment, there was fresh puddles in the shower, no signs of any distress or anything out of place. Um her hair dryer was still on the counter. It was and her door was locked. So she left and everything was normal in her apartment. Mm-hmm. So would lead you to believe that it was outside of the apartment that something happened. Yeah, Someone with a key surprised her, something like that. Yeah. Um so she had clothes on the bed, but everything was normal. Her mom's name is Joyce and her dad's name is Drew and They said that they felt like she got ready for work. It was a normal day and she left. They think that she locked the door and then everything after that is kind of a mystery. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of this article is based on their interview with Dateline. So there's a lot of quotes of them talking kind of about their experiences. So I'll be referencing their words a lot, but Mm -hmm. that's why, because it was a, a Dateline special. Um, so it's been 15 years, and the 24-year-old intelligent, adventurous spirit who always wore a smile had a bright future ahead of her. She was a college graduate of University of Central Florida. She worked as a financial analyst for Central Florida Investments Timeshare Company and had been promoted twice within a year. So Aww. everyone says she was very, hard very hardworking, very... Um, never late, very responsible. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was very aware of her surroundings. That's a huge thing that everyone says. They say she, she knew where her exits were. She, especially for that time, people are more into that now, but she's very aware of like the dangers that are out there, which also made it a little bit strange that something would happen to her.
0: Yeah. Be aware of your surroundings. Don't be, don't look down. Don't be afraid of like, like, yeah. Stand on your own two feet and be like confident in the fact like yeah, don't, don't look have vulnerable.
1: Your head in the clouds. Yeah. And if you're a tourist somewhere, don't look like a tourist. No. That's a big thing. Don't um if you have to use your maps, I know they have the walking feature. Yeah. Try to be discreet about that because people can target you, yeah. especially in certain cities and stuff. Big, big to cities
0: too. I saw this TikTok of, um, this lady being like the, uh, th- these are acceptable times to lie when you're traveling. And it's like, if someone asks you, are you staying at a hotel? Like, are oh, you, like, are you, he- are you here for the first time? Be like, Nope. Like I've been here before. Like be confident mm-hmm. and like, don't look, yeah. Don't look like a tourist. Yes.
1: Um, so two months prior to her disappearance, Jen, she went by Jen more than Jennifer had purchased her first condo at mosaic at millennia condominium in Orlando. Mm -hmm. She was in a committed relationship with her boyfriend, Rob, who lived in Fort Lauderdale, but he's from the UK. So he's got a British accent, Oh, but he lived in Fort Lauderdale. So they talk about the distance, but it was distance in the state, not in the UK. You could, you could assume that he was, that was the distance, but it wasn't that far. Interesting. So he said they had a great relationship. It was, it was long distance, but they made it work. Um, and that they had a really good connection. And so the distance wasn't that hard because they just really wanted to be with each other. So Mm -hmm. it kind of was a variable that didn't really matter. They met in January of 2005 when Rob was in Orlando with his roommate for a trade show. I don't really know what that is. is I probably could have looked it up, but I didn't. (laughs) Um, so that was supposed to be just a boy's weekend and he didn't plan on meeting her, but he did. And, um, he met her and her friends and then they kind of, they kind of started out as like friends getting to know Mm -hmm. each other. And then it kind of blossomed into something more. Um, they talked multiple times a day, always checked in with each other. Um, Especially when you have distance at play, yeah, they were very in contact with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that they always would spend hours on the phone. They never wanted to get off the phone with each other. They were very kind of like lovey-dovey, hopeless romantics in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said they they were kind of still. He said they were still in that honeymoon stage mm-hmm. of like there was nothing wrong with each other. They barely yeah. fought, so. It mm. um, makes it sad. So, from January 2005 until January 2006, Rob and Jen traveled back and forth between Orlando and Fort Lauderdale to see each other, and they had also traveled internationally as much as they could. Obviously, he's from the UK, so yeah. probably some travels there and yeah, I'm sure he's and adventures. Her. Mm-hmm. Um, he said she was very, sp- as much as she was responsible and kind of took, you know, her safety seriously and her job seriously. She was very adventurous and spontaneous and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, she was always up for anything and willing to go try new things in new places, which is cool. It's a cool balance of yeah,
0: being smart, but also living yeah, your life, not
1: being too impulsive, mm-hmm. but also having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, their last trip together was to the island of St. Croix in the uh, Caribbean. Ooh. When they returned to Rob's place in Fort Lauderdale on Sunday, January 22nd, Rob said neither of them were looking forward to getting back to reality. So they had a mm. fun trip and they, they didn't want to get
0: back to the normal. Especially when you have to split up too. It's yeah,
1: like, yeah, exactly. It's rough. So he said they just returned from that holiday and it was amazing and they were dreading going back to work. Um, Jen stayed with him that night and then decided to drive straight to work early the next morning. Okay. Jen left Rob's place in Fort Lauderdale in the early hours of Monday, January 23rd. She drove the two and a half hours directly to her job in Ocoee, Florida, Mm -hmm. where she worked a full day. Over the course of the day, Jen was in touch with her parents and her brother, Logan, Mm-hmm. Also, obviously Rob, her boyfriend, but yeah. her parents and her brother, Logan, her brother and her were very close. They were like best friends. Okay. Um, they also were very close just as a family. They would, she kind of updated her family and her boyfriend on her day to day life, like every She's single day. She was close to them. Yeah. Yeah. So she would tell them. if Is her family
0: if, from Orlando?
1: Yes. Okay. You'll see where they're from. So, <laughs> um, they are from Florida. Mm -hmm. but um she was very much the person i feel like i'm kind of similar to this where if say she's getting gas Mm -hmm. and she sees something weird she's gonna text rob her brother and her dad be like hey guys and just to kind of like say this is a weird situation if she felt uncomfortable she would call her dad or her boyfriend she was very aware of stuff which makes it much more mysterious
0: makes it even heartbreaking more heartbreaking because it's Mm -hmm. like yeah
1: So obviously some people think they're closer than they are, but according to her dad, there's not really anything she didn't tell them. She kind of was very candid with them, very open, um, like an open book with them. And Mm -hmm. so he thought he knew everything about her. Um, he, he laughed in the dateline special and he said that there was one thing that he didn't know about his daughter, (laughs) which is that she had a small shamrock tattoo And she said, he said that that was something that she only told her mom. So it was kind of like a humorous thing of like, I know everything about her. Actually, there's one thing I didn't know about her, but I thought it was kind of cool because she told her mom and her mom and her mom and her kind of had that secret together. But then the
0: mom told us.
1: Well, I I mean, it's an identifier. So when she went missing, the mom was like, she does have this tattoo. And the dad was like, what? (laughs) Um, So it's like kind of bittersweet. Like it's like a cute Mm -hmm. thing, but sad um so they were fortunately able to talk to her that day and so they feel very fortunate that they got to at least talk to her and have like a that conversation that went well before um because obviously at that stage of life sometimes things get busy and you don't talk and that would have been I think harder of course um she talks about her last conversation with jen and she doesn't go into detail of what they said but she says that that's like she holds that in her memory and she can hear every word of it and kind of like replays it in her mind that's so sad um she kind of you'll kind of see the dynamic she very much holds on to hope that jen is still alive and around and drew the dad is much more um just kind of linear about it and yeah. thinks that something bad probably happened, but wants to get to the bottom of it. Of
0: course. That's so hard. I feel like I've said this before, but like cases where you don't have a concrete, like then mm. it's, you can't ever grieve. Like you can't ever accept what, yeah, happened, you don't so know what happened. Yeah, it's so hard.
1: Yeah, it's so hard. So, um, she also spoke. To, so like I said, she talked to her whole family a lot and she also spoke to her 21 year old brother, Logan, that day. And, um, Logan and her were so close that when she went out of town, he would stay in her condo sometimes because mm. they lived close enough. They didn't live in Orlando, but mm. he would he would commute and stay. Him and his friends would kind oh, of like yeah, do cool. the college party scene yeah. and come stay in her <laughs> condo because she didn't want to leave it vacant. Yeah, that makes so she sense. was like, just come stay here. And so he loved that. Um, but they had talked that day because the last time he stayed there, one of his friends left his phone behind. So they had Uh, talked about her shipping it to him. Gotcha. So that was what their conversation was about. Um, so they definitely were super close and Logan was a soccer player and he began to hang out with Jen's guy friends. And they formed like a soccer oh, team. That was cool. And Jen would go to every single game. She was super supportive as like Aww. a big sister. So that kind of shows their dynamic. Yeah. They were just like they actually enjoyed being yeah, around each other. Like it wasn't friends, just that yeah. they were families. Um so when she left for UCF, Logan would obviously come stay with her. He wouldn't just stay when she was gone, but he would come visit and yeah. stay with her and I mean that's fun when p-
0: your sisters move to a new city. It's like
1: Yeah, exactly um she he said she was obviously his big sister but also his friend and he was the annoying younger brother but (laughs) that she she they grew closer as they got older that makes sense and so yeah that that's normal um he said it was very difficult to deal with and it's still difficult now he so he said it it uh wasn't it's not something that time like no especially if you
0: don't have any like conclusion
1: yeah, exactly which i mean is very that's uh, ob- that's obvious but yeah. just kind of the way he said it is it's like it literally is, is it says no time has gone by like
0: yeah
1: um and he said obviously he never he didn't think that when they had that mundane conversation about a cell phone that that would be the last time he would talk to her the last person to speak with jen was her boyfriend it was about 10 p.m monday when they spoke um, he said it had been a long day and they had just come back from obviously um, the Caribbean and they were both really tired and it was kind of out of the norm but they were kind of in a disagreement and kind of oh no kind of like snappy with each other yeah she seemed like she needed more assurance that he loved her so she was kind of feeling weird about them and kind of making sure he was in it for the long haul and mm. so she was kind of you know, like, feeling yeah. feeling insecure in the relationship. Well, especially if it's
0: long distance, it's harder to, like...
1: Yeah, so he says like that everything was fine, but their last conversation was very much, like, her looking for reassurance and it kind of being more tense than normal, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is hard for him looking back of knowing course. that was the last conversation they had. Um, so then the next morning, no one hears from Jen, mm-hmm. and they're all very used to hearing from her. Um, so Rob said that... Jen would wake up before him because she, she was more of an early riser. Mm-hmm. So he said the norm was that he would wake up to either some kind of text or something from her. And then mm-hmm. he would respond. So he woke up this morning and there was nothing. So he thought that that was weird. Yeah. Um, he tried to call her, but... Um, he also was trying to rush to work because he was running behind. So it was one of those things. He woke up, he didn't get a message from her. Oh, he's trying oh. to call her, but he's on the way to work. But I'm sure you're kind of downplaying it. Like, I'm sure everything's yeah. okay. Well, if you're
0: so far away too, it's hard to be like, like, just go check out. Like it's, yeah. Ugh.
1: But he also thought it was weird that he got her voicemail because he said even if she was at work or busy, he she would oh. usually say, I'll, I'll call you yeah. back or text. Yeah. Like, hey, I can't talk right now. And he just got her voicemail. He didn't... Um, he didn't get any response from her. Yeah. So he went into a meeting at 9am and then when it was over, he tried to call her again. He thought it was weird that he Aww. still hadn't heard from her. Um, but also there were some things that happened at work and in his meeting that he was like, I was kind of focused on that and wanting yeah. to tell her that I wasn't thinking at the time. Oh my gosh. Like Something's why wrong. isn't, yeah, yeah. He was more focused on, I need to tell her this. What is she doing? So sad. Um, and he said that, This part of, like, the interview, he goes into talking about how, like, when he was stressed or things would happen at work, like, not only was she the person that he was with and that he loved and obviously Mm -hmm. they were dating, but she was also really wise and someone that he would look to for advice and, like,
2: Mm.
1: yeah, it's just sad. So, um, he said that he's still, like for a long time after she was gone, when he would, when something bad or like funny or interesting would happen, he would go to tell her and like, Stop, obviously, I'm so
0: sad. <laughs> I, know. Like, up. I know. I feel like, cause I feel, I, for some reason feel close to this case because it's close. Yeah. And so I feel like I like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So everything went unanswered. And by lunchtime he was getting really, really worried. Um, he just, he felt like it wasn't right. And he felt obviously you're concerned, but he felt like this gut feeling of something's wrong. Um, he, th- he just had this feeling of something really bad happened to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wouldn't let his mind go any further with that. He kind of just was like something bad's happening, but I don't know what it is. Mm. Um,
0: did she have any, like, I'm sure she had coworkers, but does she have any like close friends? In yeah. Atlanta? So yeah.
1: Obviously, UCF is a big college, but yeah. she was in a sorority. Oh, with someone that, I didn't know that. that oh, know. yes, I did know this. Yes,
0: so she oh, had a sorority
1: sisters. She, she definitely had, like, a lot of people, yeah. um, close friends. Um, she was living on her own, so she didn't have any roommates or anything. Mm-hmm. But she definitely had, like, a lot of people that care, cared about her yeah. and, you know, a lot of people at work. And so, yeah, definitely. Um Early Tuesday morning, Jen didn't show up for an important meeting at her job, which obviously was not like her. Yeah, she was Everything we know about it. her. Um, her coworkers became immediately concerned, and they knew that something was wrong because she mm-hmm. didn't do this. So either, you know, something came up in her life, and it could be something like, oh, she's not feeling well or something, but normally yeah. she would let us know. So they tried to contact her, and around 11 a.m., she still hadn't reached out, so... Um, the employer, I guess, knew her dad. And so they reached out to her parents. Okay. Um, Drew said that they knew right away something was wrong. It wasn't like her to not show up for work and that she was the most responsible person that he knew. Um, he's He said ba- from his standpoint, even if she was five minutes late for work, she would call and say, yeah. I'm stuck in traffic. or yeah, She felt bad that. if she was late. So she was not the type of person to just not show up. Um. So obviously both parents the family's trying to call her, text her and nothing's getting answered. Um and he even said that when he called her, it was the first time since she was a teenager that it went to voicemail. Like oh they my she gosh. never didn't answer their call. Like Wow. So he was like I knew something was really yeah. wrong. Um So then they told Logan who was at the gym at the time Mm -hmm. and the three of them uh, drove from their home in Bradenton, Florida.
0: Interesting.
1: To Jen's condo in Orlando. On the drive down, Drew called the building manager at her condo to check for Jen's car. So he was like, we can't get a hold of her. Is her car there. Her black Chevy Malibu was gone. They gave the two managers permission. This part's interesting to me. Because I thought back to your case where, Mm -hmm. um, the boyfriend went to management to get the apartment open and he was like, I can't open it. And he was like, I'm going to break down the door then. Well, her family gave the manager's permission to go inside her condo to check on her. Interesting. And they did it. So they said that her door was locked. It might
0: be just like different management has just different rules. Oh, I'm
1: sure. And it's also probably there might be rules in place, but they might be like, yeah, we'll check. Yeah. So the door was locked. There was nothing out of the ordinary. Everything, like I said earlier, was in place. It looked like she had very recently been there. Um, it was very clean, other than like signs of her getting ready in the morning. Yeah. But it looked there was nothing like she there was a struggle or any anything wrong.
0: But even then, that's weird because if she was so communicative and like would text her boyfriend good morning, it's like uh, yeah, like you got ready and then like uh. yeah.
1: The other thing was that her luggage from her trip was still in the entryway and and not unpacked not touched Mm. so it seemed like she got home was tired probably talking to him yeah and was like oh I'll unpack it tomorrow left and then obviously never came back um her purse keys cell phone and ipod which um family said she always had with her were missing so they were not there So that also leads to signs of she left. She left. Yeah. Yeah. Because if something, I mean, I guess somebody really smart could (laughs) take all of those things, but the iPod was a detail where they kind of pointed to, even if someone were to take her cell phone in person stuff to try to show that she left, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't know to take the iPod. They wouldn't know that she would always have that with her. Yeah. So that's more of a sign of that. She left willingly and something happened Mm -hmm. when she left. Um, so that's what they think happened. Um, and Drew told Dateline that authorities from Orange County Sheriff Department and the Orlando Police Department arrived at the scene. But they didn't. Obviously, they didn't seem overly concerned. They were like, she's an adult. They she, always do that. Yeah. She's her car's gone. Her person phone are gone. She could have just gone somewhere. Who knows where she went? Um they also pointed to her fight with her boyfriend the night before yep. of her wanting to go blow off steam and, and not like,
0: texting him in the morning. like, that makes, right. that would make sense.
1: And this is a family. I feel like that the one family that can be like, that's not her. It actually like everything lines up to yeah. like, that but, really is but they like her.
0: a lot of people like, what well, like that's not like a viable, like,
1: yeah, but that like, um, if you do like a profile on her, mm-hmm. nothing in her life would, yeah. even in times of distress or things bad that happened, that just wasn't her response style. Yeah. So, um, this family was very frustrated because they were like, no, but like, <laughs> you actually, don't know her. Yeah. <laughs> actually this isn't <laughs> something she would do. Um, so then detectives naturally checked for activity, activity on her ATM card mm-hmm. and they pinged her cell phone, but there was nothing. Hmm. Um, Given the scene at the apartment authorities began to think Jen was abducted during her walk to the car or on her way to work. So they they're starting to think obviously the family's kind of able to give them more viable reasons mm-hmm. why she wouldn't just do this and they're yeah. like, "Well, maybe something did happen to her."
0: Well, if you have it you ha- you have a window of it looks like she got ready in the morning and left the home willingly and the next place that she would go to would be work. So, like, if she didn't show up to work, then in that in between yeah. window is where something should have happened. So,
1: police acknowledged that 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 might be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, family members and friends began the search immediately. They made flyers and distributed them around the area, and basically were just looking for any answers or any sign of information. Mm-hmm. Jen's boyfriend Rob and his mother drove up from Fort Lauderdale as soon as they heard that Jen was missing. So, obviously, he knew something was wrong. But as soon as they heard, okay, yeah, this is a investigation. Um so Rob says that on the way up he was talking to his dad and his dad was like, Hey, just so you know, you're gonna be the first suspect, like obviously. Oh gosh. Yeah. And he was like, All right, like I have absolutely nothing to hide. I care about her, I just wanna find her. Like he was very much not repelled by that or worried about it. I mean, it. yeah, because if he you really like, did nothing
0: wrong, whatever. Yeah. And At that some, point you're just so concerned and trying to find out what where the heck is she?
1: Exactly. I feel like I know a lot about like them looking into the wrong people Mm -hmm. or kind of backing people into a corner that i still would be very nervous if if i was in that place but he was not at all because even
0: with just the point of like you guys argued and like you came out about it like i don't know that's like it's scary because a lot of people get accused for something and go to jail for something they never did
1: yeah his perspective was interesting he basically said i i was very confident in the fact that I could never imagine doing that to someone or putting someone's family through that. And I felt like that would translate to the police when I talked about it. Like hmm. this is absurd. I, like poor guy. I would never want to do this to people. And he, he was like, basically like, because I know I'm telling the truth, that's going to translate to them and yeah. I'm not going to worry about it. Yeah. So it's
0: it was, personality too, because like, like mm-hmm. you said, like, I feel like I would just get super anxious and be like, I didn't do it, but like, ah, uh, like I'd get so nervous.
1: Yep. So, um, Rob and the rest of Jen's family were pretty quickly ruled out as suspects. They looked into everything mm-hmm. and kind of were like, "Yeah, we yeah. don't think that you have any involvement." Well, and in Rob this.
0: had technically an alibi; he was at work. Like, oh yeah, there were multiple I mean, people that were with him. They
1: they obviously had to look into him. Yeah, and sometimes you have a situation where maybe he's at work, but maybe he got someone else to do yeah, something. Yeah, that's true. Like, but he could have been Im- involved somehow. They looked into it and they were like, "No, this yeah. is not that kind of situation." Um, and that the person who's kind of talking about this is, um, the family's legal team and private investigator, Mike Toretta. Mm -hmm. So there's some things that like he refers to. So if I say Toretta, I'm talking about their kind of representation. Um, he said that the police never treated him like he was guilty of anything. He said they, they obviously talked to him and that. They were very respectful of him, obviously asked certain questions, but he mm. said he never felt like they, they were, were putting it on him right, or making assumptions about mm-hmm. him. And he said also Jennifer's family was literally treated him like a son the whole time, mm-hmm. never questioned him, never thought anything. So he said he, he's seen other situations yeah. that go bad and he was very fortunate to not have that. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes that can tear people apart just because oh, yeah. it's stressful and hard. Yeah. And that didn't happen. He said to this day they still treat him like family.
0: That's so sad. Yeah.
1: Um so as the investigation began, Rob camped out on the couch at Jen's condo for weeks just in case she came home or they heard anything. And um Jen's parents also stayed in the condo, so they were all just up in there oh, like Oh, I could
0: not do that. We're just waiting for
1: you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just thinking about it is so sad. Yeah. Um so that's all they did was try to find her. Um and then there's a quote from Jen's dad that says, quote, Rob was so supportive then and he continues to be supportive. He was absolutely heartbroken. He gave his life searching for her as much as we did. He's part of our family and always will be, end quote. Jen's disappearance wasn't the only heartbreak for Rob um that year because five months later his dad passed away. Oh my gosh. I know
0: that's horrible. Yeah.
1: So he kind of talks about how hard that was for him. Um, he, he said in the same year, he lost two of the most important people in his life.
0: Buddy. I um, hope he's doing well.
1: He said, he said he felt like the only person he had left was his mom. That's <laughs> so, so sad. sad. Um, So, in the years since Jen vanished, Rob has gotten married and had his own kids. Oh, yay. And the cool thing about that is he's built this life, but, like, her parents are still in his life, and, like, like they're very supportive. His
0: wife is okay with it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're very close,
1: and the parents are very, like, sweet with the kids. Like, they're very, like not weird about it I'm which so i feel sad. like it's like I'm cry. i know <laughs> uh. yeah it's you'd think that they would naturally fall out of contact but yeah they'd... after
0: this long time <laughs> like, I, I literally am <laughs> i feel like after a year like i would get like you know like having his own life now and like all that stuff but the fact that they're still
1: they're just really cool people um so yeah he uh So he kind of downplays, like, he's like, as much as I was hurting, like, I was obviously her boyfriend, but, like, I can't even imagine how her parents felt. Um, And he was like, basically, you're making me, (laughs) what is happening? I feel like, (laughs) he basically said that, like,
0: making (laughs) really sad quotes. (laughs) I don't know what's happening. Um,
1: He said that it wasn't until he had his own kids that he understood what is happening. (laughs) yeah um so basically in the investigation <laughs> the investigation came down to um they were changing the what was apartments to condos in What's mosaic condos you buy apartments oh, you rent. so I know that. um and it's the same thing like you're living above and below people sometimes they Why like you want to buy that um, a lot of people buy it because it's cheaper and there's things that like, like a town home that would come with it. You don't oh, have to maintain I get a you. yard, I know,
0: but it's, so, it's like living in an apartment. I'm like, Oh, I would not want yeah, to buy It's also a stage something. of
1: life. So it's more affordable. It's yeah. a good entry point and it's always in demand. So yeah. if you buy that as your first thing, it's a good investment because someone always that's is going to buy it that's from true. you. So she was one of the very first people to buy one of the oh. condos. And they were... Sorry. I just moved away from the (laughs) mic. They were still working on the condos while she was living in it. So the maintenance people and the construction workers who all Uh, had keys to all of these apartment condos, all of them had keys and all of them had access. They were basically, while they were working, allowed to live there. They all lived there. Oh,
0: no. And
1: I understand that there's like a stigma and that's really unfair towards construction workers and whatever um but this situation there's definitely if there's, they have
0: keys to everything and they're like it's not yeah. like you're randomly saying like oh it was a construction works, but like if they have keys and they're staying there and it's like yeah uh and, yeah and, and like th- as far as i know these are like nice condos like where it was located like these are nice areas And construction workers don't make that much money. And so they're not normally going to be living in such a nice place like that.
1: Yeah. And there's, there's absolutely construction workers out there that have no. Oh yeah. My uncle's one of them. Like, yeah. And (laughs) maybe they're
0: not used, like
1: maybe they don't have money, but they would go in and do their job and go home. Like they don't care. Of course, There's bad people everywhere. There was definitely testimony of, um, there wasn't a lot of communication. There was some people that made people uncomfortable, Um, there's reports of people saying they would get home and sodas from their fridge would be Okay, so then, like,
0: it's not just your pointing fingers. It's, they are, like...
1: Yeah, there's there's people that say, like, they would see footprints on their carpet. Like, somebody was... uh, There's also another woman that came forward, and she had a separate police report, separate from the Jennifer Cassie stuff, before any of this happened. She reported um, that... She heard a noise outside her window, and it was one of the construction workers who was, like, literally looking in her window, and he ran oh, away. No. There was an assault case. So there's okay, definitely yeah. substantial stuff to point to. This isn't These were just, kind of sketchy people. Yeah. Jennifer herself, according to her family, was very um, uncomfortable with them. Mm-hmm. And anytime they were doing any work in her condo, she would call her dad. She would stay at the doorway and be on the phone with him. That's like smart. she She refused to... There is even a situation where they wanted to paint, and she was like, I will paint myself. Will you just give me the paint? Mm-hmm. And they were like, no, we have to do it. Mm-hmm. So she, she was very uncomfortable by them. Yeah. That's where the investigation kind of led, and they were like, "Yeah, you have a single girl living here. She's beautiful, and you have these people that there's been reports. They're yeah, being kind of sketchy, past. and they're living among her, and they have keys to everything. Yeah,
0: no, that's not okay.
1: Um, Which also... That means that her door being locked means doesn't mean anything. Cause, yeah, yeah, it's it means nothing. Um. So yeah, they stayed in the condos while they were working, and um. So, he, Drew the dad said, um, that there were several times Jim would say, they just like. Kind of cat call or stare mm-hmm. or you know those kind of things, and that she was very uncomfortable um she said she was also being like kind of harassed by them and she
0: i've heard this so many times
1: she went to the management Uh,
0: if whoever you are stop stop what you're doing
1: just stop she went to management so everything's like the management was like yes she came to us and said this so So
0: everything's lining up as like
1: right um but management said that it never escalated beyond that as far as they know well how would you know
0: like if it (laughs) right Clearly something happened. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, so I already talked about how she would call her dad. That's the next thing, and I kind of went off <laughs> script here. Um, this is really sad. So oh Rob no, then goes into again. this thing. Well, I don't know. It's just kind of like a very. Whether it's right or not, it's like how he felt about it. Mm -hmm. But he said basically he struggled with his masculinity after this happened because he felt like he couldn't protect her. So he was like, I felt like I wasn't a man because I couldn't protect her, which I feel like is easy to be like, that's stupid. But unless you're in that place. Of
0: course. Well, he probably felt so helpless knowing that he was so far away. Like...
1: Yeah, so, and I'm sure that impacts his current relationship because he's constantly worried about, like, can I protect my kids?
0: and I, like, yeah, yeah, that's awful. And I can't even imagine having to, like, also think, like, we argued, like, that's the last thing.
1: Yeah. So, a few days later, on January 26th, there was the first big break in the case. After seeing Jen's story on the news, a resident of um, Mm Huntington-on-the-Green, which is across the street from where she lived reported seeing a black Chevy Malibu that matched the description of the one that Jen owned. Um, the condos are about, so they're about a mile from where Jen lived and authorities arrived and confirmed that it was Jen's car. So her car Mm -hmm. was in their Yeah. Like complex. Now there was no evidence in the car. According to police, Mm -hmm. um, And the private investigator, Toretta, said there was no blood, no DNA, no hair samples, nothing. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Jen's purse, cell phone, iPod were not in the car. They -hmm. were nowhere to be found. The evidence, uh, uh, the only evidence was surveillance footage um, obtained by Orlando police that showed an unidentified person walking in the parking lot. I hate this. I hate this so much. At the same time, Jennifer's car was left in the lot. Which was twelve PM mm-hmm. on Tuesday, January twenty fourth. Jen's father told Dateline the footage proved to be very frustrating because the camera was programmed to take pictures every three seconds, which unfortunately and each frame perfectly lined up the suspect's face with the gatepost. So it was obstructed. So you l it it's literally one of the most timed frustrating out.
0: videos like to see. Like you have no like it's literally perfect. Yeah. Like perfect to the
1: t so they immediately the investigation basically pointed to this is the person that we need to identify we don't even really know if it's because it could be a disguise we don't know if it's a man a woman yeah uh they're around five i think they said five three to five five Mm -hmm. um pretty short it's also kind of hard to tell how tall with that angle of the camera but that's kind of estimate they estimated um they were in like some people say a worker's uniform. I see
0: a painter. Like it's like it looks like it's like all white, like painters. Yeah, kind of suit it's, thing.
1: It's hard to tell. It's kind of like a shirt
0: tucked in, or mm-hmm. just like a jumpsuit and black shoes. Yeah, they're wearing a everyone, hat. Can I don't everyone know. just get better cameras? Like, can everyone all if you own a company yeah. or own a business, get good cameras? Because even if you don't want something to happen to you, like even yeah. if it's not personal, like <laughs> things can happen around you. It's so frustrating.
1: Yeah. So despite photo enhancements by the FBI, which I immediately just think of like criminal minds where they're like, (laughs) one second, and it's like, you see it perfectly. Everything
0: gets unpixelated. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So the FBI took over the case briefly in 2008 um, and they enhanced the video, but they were (laughs) unable to determine if the individual was man, woman, or like what exactly they were wearing. It Mm kind of didn't help at all. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing police could determine was the height of the individual, um,
0: and this is a really weird part of town um, because her condos were really, really nice in a nice area. Yeah. But the way that Orlando is set up is you have that, and then well, you Well, it's go, like the
1: Florida Project, which is yeah. based in Orlando. You go so a mile down the road from Disney, a really nice place, Disney, which is why I had the title I had. Yep. Um, you have Disney, and then you have the uh, that oh, hotel yeah. that's just like. Yeah. very desolate
0: yeah it's a very strange setup but I you mean, see that I would everywhere say it's
1: probably like most cities where you have n- really nice areas right next to really like kind of sketchy areas yeah. that are more have more bad things happening in them
0: yeah um but this this situation i've seen on a map and it, it's literally like condo a street with like a light and then it's like this really sketchy place yeah
1: yeah definitely is Um, police searched the area. I thought this was funny with dogs, horses, and search parties.
0: Horses. Interesting. Uh, I've never heard of that.
1: Um, the Cassie
0: have a good sense of smell.
1: I don't know if they just were on the horses.
0: Oh, (laughs) makes sense. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Wait,
1: that's so random. I mean, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it is. Um, the Cassie family organized volunteers to pass out flyers and spoke on local and national TV because it was, it became a pretty big case. Um, they generated thousands of leads and tips, but the ultimate, uh, ultimately there was nothing that really landed any further information. Um, so the family still hasn't given up the search and her brother Logan was scheduled to move to California to be with his girlfriend just weeks after Jen disappeared, but he decided to stay. Um, he said the only option I had was to find my sister. Oh, Instead of moving, he traveled back and forth between Florida and California. So he basically was like wanting to continue his relationship. Yeah. But he got his real estate license. And over the years, his parents encouraged him to travel and enjoy his 20s. So his parents were like, we're going to stay here. We're going to figure out what happened to her. But like, enjoy your life. Don't yeah. just like, you can't just waste it away. Yeah. So that's, that's I hard. Love them. I love um, you know. So he he Logan basically says it kind of took over our lives, but of course. um, and his parent, he was basically like, I've learned how to try to live again, but it's still that way for my parents. Like that's just their life. Like that's yeah. all they do. Um. He said that, um, this whole situation really puts life into perspective, and that's why he decided to travel,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and start his career. Um and get married and have kids. He was like, that's what she would have wanted for yeah. me. And that like, it shows you not to take life for granted. Of so course. I really wanted to live your life to live. the fullest. Yeah. And he said it would have been easy, like not easy, but it would have been what he wanted to just mm-hmm. sit there and try to find her. But he also wanted to live. Yeah. Um, it's hard
0: not to feel guilty too, you know, like knowing yeah. that your sister didn't have, doesn't have that life. And it's, like Oh yeah. The fact that I'm doing it now, but you, you can't Any do happiness that. happiness is like yeah. kind of strained.
1: So he moved away with his, his wife and kids, but he said he still obviously partook and like tried to mm-hmm. help with the investigation. And he said that until the day he dies, he won't stop looking for her or answers on the case. Um, and basically all that he wants is to basically know what ha- happened to her yeah. and hold someone accountable. Yeah. Um. He believes obviously that one of the workers at the apartment complex was to blame. Um, he said he's never wavered on thinking that, um, and he said that things have popped up that have made him kind of curious and Mm -hmm. like, well, maybe this, but he said he's always landed back on that. So Mm -hmm. like as much as, because there was a whole theory and it's not to say that, um, the workers couldn't have been involved in this, but there was a huge sex trafficking theory. Mm. Um, and so I, I feel like there's not a lot to substantiate that, but I do think that There's a lot to substantiate. Oh yeah. Workers. Um, So that was a big thing that popped up, but he was basically like that. I was curious about that, but I know like Mm -hmm. it's something to do with the workers. Um, The family grew frustrated with how local authorities handled um, Jennifer's case over the years. And in 2018, they decided to take the investigation into their own hands. Hmm. They took legal action against the Orlando police department in order to gain access to Jen's case files um and drew said that on every level jennifer's case was a challenge and as of right now there's no law enforcement working on their daughter's case hmm. um he said it's basically just the family yeah. that's looking into things and actively working on it
0: which is very common in missing yes. people
1: it's very common but he also said that that's not how it should be of course um so they uh, dateline tried to reach out to the The police department and they didn't really respond. Mm-hmm. In 2019, the family won their legal battle and received more than 14,000 pages of electronic files oh, wow. and hours of video from the Orlando police department, a legal team and a handful of investigators, including Mike Toretta mm-hmm. um, have been helping them sift through the files for months. Um, Logan said they needed the files for answers, but what they got was kind of a tangled mess. Mm-hmm. It looked like they, <laughs> he said, basically, it was like they knocked over a filing cabinet and everything was sh- oh, kind no. of shuffled up, not organized. And so they had to kind of not only figure it out, but organize yeah. it as they went. Um, there's also a seven year gap in the case files where nothing was recorded, which is very strange. Um,
0: but is that just because they didn't find anything?
1: There was no be, information. But also they're not, they're not fault They're not talking to anyone like like usually there's something
0: usually it'd be like like try doing this nothing happened right yeah you would still
1: document dead ends Yeah. so it's like it's they didn't have a problem with the fact that they were running into dead ends they had a problem with the fact that they weren't even they didn't do anything at least documenting that they're trying to do anything um yeah they said they were told it was an active case but for seven years there was nothing
2: Mm.
1: on november 8th 2019 for the first time in years there was a second break in the case Um, Toretta discovered deep in the files, a tip from a woman in 2006 who said she witnessed something strange Mm -hmm. at Lake Fisher in orange County on the day of Jen's disappearance. Toretta spoke to her and said, she told him she saw a man driving a pickup truck to the lake that Tuesday in 2006, take out what appeared to be a six to eight foot piece of rolled up carpet and dump Mm -hmm. it in the lake. And then sh- she watched it just sink. Something to note is they were ripping up all of the carpet in the condo.
0: Interesting. Condos.
1: Yeah, they were actually currently.
0: I, I, I don't. I didn't know about this update. Right
1: as Jen, um, right before Jen disappeared, the thing she was most uncomfortable about was they were redoing the condo right across the hall from her, mm. and that's what they were doing is ripping out the carpet. Just a note. <sighs> um,
0: the di- the.
1: I can't talk. <laughs>
0: Did they obviously knew they obviously could track who was working there? Did they interview them? They couldn't. It
1: was very under the table, let's just say. So they couldn't they had no idea who these people were. Who was were.
0: working there?
1: Yeah. So when they basically went to the team lead who wouldn't give them names.
0: But like I just camp out and in front and yeah no come they came to I work, definitely like, think
1: that they talked to everyone they talked to a, a few key people but a majority of people when all of this went down just kind of stopped showing because up because they were probably yeah, so scared. my guess would be someone that did it was involved as one of the people that stopped showing up so they actually talked to like key lead people <sighs> that had to continue their job but they wouldn't yeah. they didn't like give names of people that weren't showing up they kind yeah. of were like. Because they also Uh, didn't want to get involved. That's so frustrating. Yeah, it's very frustrating. Drew's investigation team began searching the area with their own private cadaver dogs and um, were alerted to something. Um, Drew said they had a hit and something was there. Deputies from Orange County Sheriff's Department were called to the scene, but after um, deploying a dive team Mm -hmm. and cadaver dogs over a three-day search, the sheriff's office confirmed to Dateline they came up empty-handed. So they tried, but... Nothing
0: there came
1: was of it. Nothing there. So Toretta told Dateline he wanted another chance to search the lake because, um, yeah,
0: wouldn't they like? I guess if the, maybe she just didn't like. I feel like that's something very obvious that you would see as a witness. But yeah. even if it wasn't like you know Jennifer in there, like wouldn't they still find a carpet that was thrown in there?
1: So they didn't. Um,
0: I don't know if it would. They didn't drag
1: the lake, which would that would help you more oh, they I more you. searched it I but they you. it wasn't like that kind of thing where you would pick up something like that because it's yeah. heavy and that's going to go down to the bottom especially if it's been that long and that's why basically Tourette is saying i want to go back and try that yeah and he the part the next part i have is that he points to the carpet and he's like this is exactly like yeah. <laughs> this is linked to this we yeah. need to check um and then he said even if they found just a tiny piece of the carpet that they could match, that would be a huge of a huge course. step in the case. Um, and then the Cassie family told Dateline they are not going to stop the search, obviously. Um, he said that they are completely drained emotionally and financially, so they've put mm-hmm. everything they have into it.
0: Well, they're doing it on their own now. Like,
1: mm-hmm. um, Joyce said... Quote, how do you decide as a parent when the right time to give up on the search for your child? Mm. Um, She said, you don't. No, yeah. And they said it's like Groundhog's Day every day. They wake up and do the same thing and there's the same outcome. And she said it doesn't even feel like 14 years have passed. um, And when she reflects back, she feels numb. Um, One of Jen's really close friends found out that she was pregnant just after Jen vanished. The baby is basically as many years old as her missing so as she's been missing so joyce says That's that she so measures yeah joyce says she measures the years her daughter's been missing to the milestones of that teenager so every time like she has a yeah, birthday it's, it's like another reminder. it's been this long and yeah, yeah. she crazy. said to me 14 years ago um with jen seems like yesterday but when i see that baby who's now a teenager it's a powerful and heart-wrenching reminder of how much time has yeah. passed um and she said with all the time that passes it's shows how little of a window they have to find her yep um she said the hardest part is just not knowing yeah. um if she's not alive we just want some kind of proof that she's not with us anymore the tiniest thing um so that they can process that and she said it's like a A hell on earth to, like, just not know, which we've talked about, obviously. Um, She said that they're in their 60s and they just want to know what happens before they're gone, so... Yeah, yeah they're sad.
0: not like the youngest right now mm-hmm. but if police had that tip from this woman that is such like that's not like a oh it happens on a daily basis like yeah. this is something weird why did they well not and investigate it took them it? seeing
1: that and being like let's get cadaver dogs out there and searching what the heck? and they went along with it but it's like why didn't you do what this the heck? before because yeah it's very frustrating um so obviously they've been kind of going public with everything, keeping it in the media's eye. I mean, they, I think there was a podcast last year that came out oh, about yeah. it. They're keeping it yeah. very present, um, keeping things posted on social media, online. Um,
0: so did they not like really dig into the lake? No. Why?
1: Because the, it was kind of dismissed.
0: Why? So, um, Let's I did want to say, I know.
1: Just take a road trip. I literally, w- um, <sighs> I did want to say that if you have any information or tip, you can visit the help find missing Jennifer Kessie Facebook page or go to Jennifer com. It's J E N N I F E R K E S S E.com. Um, you can call the Kessie family tip line, which is nine four one two Oh one four zero zero nine. Um, there is, so it doesn't work on your phone, but another thing that they kind of unearthed when they looked back into it is, mm-hmm. um, there's a picture of her car when it was found in the parking lot. And if you look at it, it literally looks like someone was slammed on the hood. There's like, um, there's like a, so it's dirty and there's like a clean spot. Oh.
2: Um,
1: so that's a big thing. Um, and then, so they, they referenced that. And then they talk about how there's fingerprint marks, which they don't know if they were tested. Um, Well, after
0: some time, the sun lifts all that stuff, so you Mm -hmm. could have missed it.
1: So investigators also uncovered a previously unseen fingerprint belonging to the victim, as well as a large boot print near the gas pedal, which there's pictures of that, too. What the heck? Mm -hmm. The family's hoping that by sharing these photos with the public, someone will come forward with information. Um. So another witness recently came out saying that she saw Kessie's black Chevy Malibu swerving near the exit to mosaic at millennia, um, on the morning of January 24th. Mm. So she basically said that she was pulling out of their, their, complex across the street mm-hmm. and she saw it and it it was a man driving a woman in the passenger seat and she said it what well, didn't oh. look like they were just swerving it looked like she was trying to take the wheel from him so why didn't you call the police she said that she her and her husband basically were late for work and they thought it was weird oh, but no, they just no. kept going if
0: you see something if you see something that's even a little bit weird even if it's nothing even if it's like oh like they stop them like yeah please say something
1: so that's uh so the podcast that came out i forget the name name of it but it came out i think a year ago that was like the latest thing that's happened is that she came forward and she said look i saw this i thought it was we thought it was really weird and she said she even talked with her husband about should we call someone should we do something and they were like we're we're running late let's just go and obviously she says she regrets that but yes. there's not really so, anything.
0: like listen to that. Yeah. I know you obviously can't go back in time but seriously that's like the number one thing. Like if you see something say something.
1: Yeah, and it's a really good idea to if you're uncomfortable calling 911 to have the non-emergency yeah. number cuz can you can't call always, the number all the time. <laughs> it's good for stuff like that where if you see something weird Yeah. you don't want to get anyone in trouble but you're like hey this is kind of strange. Just an FYI, yeah. I don't want to be as serious as call 911 but this is no. something I saw. Um if you have that in your phone, I feel like you're much more likely to call because you don't have to figure out what to call and do Mm -hmm. all of that. Um, it's just more efficient and it's obviously safer if you can do that. Saves people's
0: lives. Yeah. So that's
1: the latest on the case. The family's still, still like, we're not giving up on this. We're still trying. Um, and very critical of the investigation and she, she's just gone there's obviously been people that have said they've seen her none yeah, of that there's always uh, yeah none of that substantiated or proven but yeah it's a very sad that I think that's the first case. we've talked about very sad cases
0: <laughs> yeah but I feel
1: like I've always been able to kind of like swallow my emotions and that was I weird yeah. <laughs> we maybe it's emotional. the fact that we're
0: sitting on a couch
1: I think for me, yeah we did change our location <laughs> but I also think for me um the f- there's many families that handle these situations with lots of grace and, mm-hmm. um, are to be admired and you feel so much empathy for them. Yeah. But this family just kind of the force they were and how they treated her boyfriend and just kind yeah. of how I feel like
0: everything just together. I know
1: that was the part that really got to me. Yeah. And yeah, just even if it's something small, if you know anything at all, um, please let them know. Cause yeah, it, I mean, I helps. would love in their lifetime for them to have answers. Yes. I yeah. think that would be great that's my story it's kind of a downer yeah it was
0: sorry it's okay she (laughs) deserves to be talked about yes absolutely okay so to preface your very sad story um thankfully the story doesn't involve any murders or anything so at least that's that's
1: a good chaser
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it's a very uh convoluted story there's a lot of things everywhere vocab thanks (laughs) I love it uh it's kind of everywhere i might not have answers to some of the questions you might ask because i also asked myself those questions and i couldn't find the answers but anyways this is a pretty recent story uh in october of 2019 this is a story about a girl named natalia barnett and oh, also a preface, I might accidentally say Natalie because when I was typing this out, it kept like autocorrecting to Natalie and okay. I was like, No. So if I say that very quickly, it's Natalia, not Natalie. Natalia, okay. Okay. In October yes, of Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in October of twenty nineteen, a couple from Indiana was charged with neglect for moving to Canada and leaving their nine year old adopted daughter, Natalia. They claim mm-hmm. that... This is funny because uh, in my story as well, I kind of just go to the punchline like yeah. you did. Yeah, why then do we always do something similar? <laughs> <laughs> Very weird.
1: And that's that's rare for me because I... Me I too.
0: I feel like I haven't done that often. Yeah. It's usually like it leads up to it, but yeah. So the uh, this couple, they claim that Natalia was not who she said she was and she was actually an adult scam artist posing as a child. What? I have done a story in the past before yes. about... Uh, a, an adult posing as a child and yeah stuff. it's been a while so i thought this was fine to do it now but <laughs> this is a little bit different of a story too it doesn't yeah right anyway so that's what they claim natalia's story on the other hand is the complete opposite so here's a story natalia came to the u.s from an adoption agency in the ukraine they believed that she was probably in a group home before she came here At first, she was adopted by a family here in the U.S., but for some reason, it didn't work out, and so she left that family, Mm. which is sad. That's very sad. And in November of 2000, so uh, in the beginning, I prefaced that the parents were, uh, the couple was charged in 2019, but this story actually happened before that. So in November of 2010, she was adopted by the couple, Christine and Michael Barnett. That's where she gets her last name. When the couple adopted Natalia, they were told that she was six years old and had a very rare type of dwarfism. Um, I'm not going to pretend to know how to say this, so I'm just not going to say it. I don't want to mess it up, but it's a very long name, (laughs) but it's a type of dwarfism. Apparently it's rare that that kind, but it's a disorder that affects the bones and growth of a human. She also suffered from scoliosis. So, When she was adopted, they told the couple that she would have trouble walking and they were okay and comfortable with what was in store. It -hmm. was basically like, hey, FYI, she's going to have a lot of health issues. Like, are you prepared for that? And they were like, we're good. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Natalia's adoption history was very unclear. Christine, who was the, the mom, claims that she was told Natalia had been with 30 other families before them what natalia says christine is lying about this she was young but she said she does not remember that many families just a few
1: okay this is gonna be probably a question you don't have an answer to (laughs) but they don't have
0: any record that's what i'm saying that the history was very weird because she was adopted from ukraine and i'll get into the agency that like was in charge but like everything seemed a little sketch which which was another reason why christine and What's his name? I just forgot his name. Uh Michael were even more sketched out that something was wrong. Hmm. So uh yeah, Natalia says that she thinks she's lying. Uh Michael, barnett Or well, she
1: like it's her experience, so she's like, I wasn't Yeah. Any.
0: Which people can say you were really young, so like True. you might not remember, but she's like from what I remember, like it wasn't that many. It seemed like That's an exaggeration. A lot. Yeah. So I mean and you had a only lot before have- the age
1: of six. Before the age of six and you only have so long before your like long-term memory kicks in. So you think
0: that you would know. Yeah. Unless
1: it's a lot when she's very, very little one or
0: two. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird. Michael Barnett says that they had applied for adoption, gone through the whole process. And one day he got a call from a number in Florida who claimed that they were an adoption agency. They told him that they had a little girl who was up for adoption but the only information they gave him was two photos of her, a Ukrainian birth certificate, and a doctor's visit from two years prior. They also told him that they had 24 hours to decide whether That's they'd like weird. to adopt. If not, they were going to send Natalia to foster care, which is very That's weird. That's not how this works. No, <laughs> um, I, I don't. I don't like know the, all the answers to this, but. Uh, Christine and Michael seem like some people that exaggerate something very much. So, like, a lot of the things that they say, like, I'm like, "Mm, okay. (laughs) Like, there's nothing really to, like, prove what you're saying. It's always
1: fascinating to me when it's two people that do that, not just one person kind of exaggerates and the other one's sitting there like, "Mm." I mean, it wasn't that. when you get
0: married to someone that's just, like, a compulsive, like...
1: Yeah, how does that feel in your experience? Like, how is that... (laughs)
0: He didn't even hear you wow, he's not great, even paying attention great producer over there <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting well you just got burned so <laughs> you're
2: gonna have to listen to it
0: <laughs> so yeah that's what michael says uh, was the experience so okay. the couple went to florida and met with the adoption agency the agency Another connection of our cases yeah right weird so why do we do this I this is weird know. the agency was a small office located inside a strip mall And as they were sitting in the office, Michael says that the door flew open and in came six-year-old Natalia running towards Michael and Christine saying, Mommy, Daddy, repeatedly. Michael in an interview mentions how strange he thought that was since Natalia had just been given up from her previous family five minutes before. He didn't think a six-year-old would be that excited at a time like this. Obviously, especially calling him and his wife "mommy" and "daddy." That like she's never met him.
1: Okay, but to be fair, kids are weird. Yes, she and you just never been weird. know how a kid's gonna process trauma or yeah, loss. For sure. So I feel like it's it's the same where you're like critiquing a nine-one-one call. Like it's it's easy to say, "Oh, I would never." That's weird, but you never know.
0: Yeah yeah for sure everyone processes differently Mm -hmm. and they again could just be exaggerating the story maybe
1: she's just trying to be positive
0: (laughs) yeah maybe she's just a really happy girl but michael says that they were in the room for five minutes quickly met natalia then they were pulled aside, told to sign papers, and just like that, Natalia was there. So it was a very quick and easy process, which they obviously hadn't gotten this far, but at, from everything that they heard, they were like, adopt, like the whole process is like lengthy and It's tiresome. not usually
1: quick and easy. Yet. Yeah.
0: So they were very like, well, that was easy. Uh, when retelling the story, Natalia says that she remembers the adoption process going very smoothly. She remembers really liking the family, feeling safe. Um, she was happy with them. Did she
1: say the same thing about her running in? and? Saying? She just
0: said she, did, could, she didn't remember. Okay. She said she didn't rem- really remember like that detail. Okay. But I mean, it could be, again, trauma like makes you kind of forget certain right. things when you're yeah. little. But she says like the first couple of months were smooth, were fine. She didn't have any issues. Christina and Michael did have other kids and she was like totally cool with them. That's what she says. She said she felt very happy. Uh, But Christine, on the other hand, remembers it differently. She says that they started having problems from from the beginning. On day one, Christine said that she thought something was very off. On that same day, Christine was bathing Natalia, and Michael heard a loud scream coming from the bathroom. When he entered, he saw Christine was white as a ghost, and she pointed to Natalia and said, Look, when he looked down, he noticed Natalia had full pubic hair. And the couple thought that was very strange for a six-year-old.
1: Okay, I'm trying to go back to the recesses of my memory, mm-hmm. but like at six,
0: mm-hmm. what are you
1: asking? Were you being bathed still? Like
0: no, but I think it, I think in this scenario, like new house, new family, like maybe you're trying to like make her feel more comfortable. She also wasn't it a wouldn't normal. not make me feel more comfortable? She wasn't a normal six-year-old. She was That's she was a true. dwarf, so she needs help. Like she needs assistance. Okay. She doesn't walk straight. She can't like at this point they're told her, they're, they're told like you kind of have to carry her places. Like this isn't a normal six-year-old.
1: Okay. Also, I'm I'm admittedly ignorant on the subject. I don't know if dwarf is like appropriate. Yeah, it is. It's, okay. So, It's
0: the uh, medical term.
1: I know it's medical term, but sometimes that's offensive. I think it. I, I I'm just saying if if we're offending anyone we're sorry we're just ignorant Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe ignorant,
0: but i mean everything i've researched the official medical yes. term is called dwarfism
1: yes dwarfism but i think calling i i don't know yeah
0: i mean i'm sorry we if just I'm don't know you. we're not
1: trying to be any type of way yeah but that does make sense yeah i wasn't thinking help. that way i because like it's six yeah but yeah. that makes sense
0: so yeah, they thought that was really weird, which I totally get why that be a weird thing. Um, you don't really expect that with a six-year-old. So that was the, one of the first things that they saw. They also started noticing other things that were very strange. One of, the first thing, one of the few things that they noticed first was they went to the beach as a family one time, and their boys ran to the water as soon as they got there. Oh, and so it,
1: they had other kids? Yeah, they okay. had
0: uh, two boys. Okay. Um, and they'll come up later, too. They're not really talked about in the beginning but
1: do you know if they're older younger
0: uh they're both they're both older than her okay yeah so she's the youngest at this point so when they get there the boys run to the water and natalia asked them if they could carry her to the water because you remember she has difficulty walking Mm -hmm. and so they told her hey like wait a second we're just suddenly settling in which i get like kids get really excited when you go to the beach but it's like let us put our stuff down like hold on a second so they tell her like hold on uh natalia got impatient and just ran to the water herself Again, they were told that she was going to have difficulty walking, and it seemed like she had difficulty walking, like at home and needed assistance. But she just ran to the water like perfectly fine, which they thought that was weird. Hmm. Another thing they found that was found out that was strange was that Natalia never liked playing with toys. She liked hanging out with older kids, teenagers, and she seemed to fit in with them. She also had a very sophisticated vocabulary for her age, which could be explained as like her other family she was just around a lot of different people kind of thing but they thought that was weird
1: i also feel like sometimes if you're forced to grow up quickly you kind of phase out of the whole kid Kid thing and kind of well and especially if you
0: recognize that you're you're different from most kids and all that you can kind of easily get out of that she's
1: been through some stuff so Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so the family also thought it was strange that natalia didn't speak or understand her native ukrainian language which i don't think is that weird like if you came at an early age like and you were put up for adoption i don't think that's that strange Uh, but they had a couple the couple had a friend who spoke the language and tried talking to natalia but she didn't understand yeah i think that's kind of (laughs) dumb like that's yeah i don't get that yeah a lot of people don't speak that language and are around people that speak a specific language, so that's
1: she's also, like I said, going through a lot. Yeah, There's and a lot she was young though when she got
0: adopted, like, yeah, and she's going from household to household, so yeah, kind of like, and you're not confusing. around that native language anymore, so it's like mm-hmm. all you're hearing is English, yeah. But they thought that was weird. Um, another thing that they did that they claim. Um, Christine claims and Nat- Natalia did says Natalie Natalia did was Christine ran a home daycare and Natalia one day walked in and told Christine quote these kids are exhausting I don't know how you do it unquote I have the I think this is also an unreasonable thing because some kids like are snarky like that some kids are like oh I don't know how you do it. like I know okay. many kids that could say that
1: yes absolutely my younger brother used to watch paid programming yes. in his robe and he wanted to hover around like some some kids are just old souls yeah. that like kind of and with,
0: some kids are a little sassy like that and like, they
1: say things that you would hear normally adults say that you're kind of yes. like where did that come from it, yeah. it's hilarious yeah I think that's a weird thing to like point I out. think
0: at this point the parents are just trying to point to anything that's weird but that's just what they claim they thought added to their fire Michael recalls many times where Natalia would place clear thumbtacks right side up on their stairs so that they would purposely step on it and hurt themselves. What? So at this point, they're, they're being like, this is very weird, but also like it's starting to like become harmful in a way. And so mm-hmm. they're pointing to little things like that. So
1: they're trying to justify their actions by pointing to things that they have no way to prove.
0: Exactly. Okay. Uh, up until this point, Natalia denies all of this to this day. Mm hmm. So when Natalia was adopted, the agency told Christine and Michael that Natalia would need several surgeries because of her condition, Right, obviously, and that if they adopted her, they would be completely financially responsible for these surgeries. Of course. Makes sense. It's your child now. Right. Natalia says that after her first surgery, that's when Michael and Christine started changing and were just starting to be mean to her. She didn't know if it was like they were upset financially, and so they were taking it out on her. Like She just noticed that they kind of changed the way that they were acting
1: weird. I also feel like maybe I'm wrong here, but I feel like if you had questions or concerned about her real age, it would be kind of logical to take her to pediatrician, some kind of doctor to establish (laughs) like, Hey, how old do you think she is?
0: That's what comes becomes very confusing later and you'll see why, but they, they do. Um, I think it's one of those things where they just don't want to like, admit it because then then that also provides like more facts to the other side but i think they're fully trying to go for now we believed this because i understand
1: like you being a little bit confused and then wanting answers from doctors just so you could know what you're dealing with yeah obviously not to abandon someone but to know what you're dealing with i understand asking those questions but once you get the answer (laughs) yeah i don't know
0: I think they had a couple of things that they were like, oh, this is really weird. It could be this. But instead of trying to think like, OK, hold on a second. Let's actually look at the situation. It was like their mind totally went that way. And there was nothing anybody could say to prove otherwise.
1: Our favorite confirmation bias.
0: <laughs> I hate it. But yeah. Yeah. Christina and Michael um, claimed that Natalia became very aggressive and dangerous. So the thumbtack thing.
1: Yeah. She's. Yeah. <laughs> they totally even, adds up with her personality. Yeah.
0: They even said that on multiple occasions, Natalia threatened to kill them. They said she would draw pictures depicting her killing them, and would say things like she wanted to roll them up into blankets and throw them out on the yard.
1: Did they have any kind of like Proof? therapy, or like, hey, nope. we we want you to talk to someone? Uh,
0: yes, they Wait, do. You said no, then yes. Uh, yes, they do.
1: Okay, the
0: the Barnett family also said that. On several occasions when any of them would wake up in the middle of the night, any of them meaning her, Michael and the kids, Natalia would be standing over them watching them sleep. Natalia denies this. She says the only time she would go in their room was to wake them up if she had a nightmare. And she said there were some times when I would I didn't feel 100 percent comfortable at that point, especially when she realized that they were like a little bit weird to her she would get nightmares and she wouldn't want to wake them up because she was scared that they were going to be mad at her. So she yeah. would stand there for a little bit, but then they would wake up and be like, what the heck are you doing? And she'd be like, I was just scared.
1: I know everything comes back to TikTok, but I saw this video and it was like, if from a fo- like if you are in foster care or adopted, what's one thing that like people don't think about that would help you. And this person responded and basically was like, I grew up in foster care and so many nights I went to bed thirsty because I would oh, go to bed and no. then I was scared to come out and get water. So he they he was like, just put a water by their bed because it like helps them feel. Just think of the little things ca- that but they're not such gonna a, reach that's out. That's a thing that I may not have thought
0: of, but it's so smart to like.
1: So yeah, if you are looking into foster care adoption, yeah. do that. Even little things them.
0: too, like putting night lights out in the hallway, mm-hmm. like anything that just makes them feel less intrusive and more yeah. comfortable. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah, that's really sad. She's like. I mean, there's nothing that I can say to prove this because it's what was going on in my head. And yeah. I think she recognizes that my may have looked creepy, but she was just scared to say anything. Yeah. And so they're literally be like, oh, no, that was weird as heck. Like she wanted to kill us.
1: They yep. don't. I mean, I am I feel like I shouldn't say this because it's going to sound very judgmental. <laughs> I just feel like maybe they got in over their head like they don't seem equipped to handle
0: no, that's exactly what I think
1: it is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm not trying to. say, I I understand it happens, and I know sometimes people bite off more than they can chew, but then you go to other resources to yep. help you, and I feel like they're just kind of being Looking like, "Oh, she's weird," and that's not. I know it's horrible. The adult, like you're the adult in the situation. Yeah. Sorry. Yep.
0: I no, I agree. I haven't said it yet, but that's like literally exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking about. Christine says that Natalia started hiding knives in the house and she would randomly say she was waiting for the right time. This is all again mm-hmm. word of mouth you like can't prove <laughs> yeah. Natalia also denies this saying that Christine said she specifically put knives on top of the fridge, but she's like I couldn't ever reach that even with a chair. Like what you the the that's things weird. you're accusing me of is physically impossible for right. me to do. So that's how she says that. Christine and Michael also claimed that Natalia tried poisoning Christine's coffee one day with lemon pledge, which is just like the wooden, yeah. wood thing. Natalia says, this is how she responds. She says that she was cleaning the kitchen counter on a chair, which she did often because she couldn't reach it. But she still wanted to be helpful. Mm-hmm. And Christine said that she was missing a whole bunch of spots. And so Natalia noticed that her coffee was on there. And so she moved it. But as soon as she moved it, it made a sound and Christine looked around and saw her touching her coffee and she thought that she like sprayed it in there. <laughs> so ridiculous. Christine said that she looked at her and said, what are you doing? And Christine says that Natalia replied, I'm trying to kill you. <laughs> Natalia says that's a lie.
1: Okay, also. Uh, I have that kind of sense of humor. I could totally see myself in that situation, saying that sarcastically. <laughs> she like, does
0: not seem like that person. I'm
1: trying to kill you. What do you think I'm doing? I'm cleaning the counter and I'm moving your cup. Yeah,
0: she doesn't seem like the type. Yeah, person no. I'm just saying, like, like
1: even if she said that, that doesn't necessarily. I feel like though, like,
0: like Christina and Michael are so blatantly, obviously saying things that are so like crazy. Like, you couldn't even have made up a response that was a little bit more believable. No, I'm trying to kill you. Like, <laughs> straight up. What do you mean? Yeah. Christina and Michael state that things escalated very quickly. They said Natalia would smear bodily fluids around the house and that she would jump out of moving cars. Again. Jump out of moving cars? There is there's no proof. There's no proof for any like of this. Like, if you
1: jump out of a moving car, you're going to go to the hospital. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Especially when she has a lot of medical conditions and surgeries and, like, that, it's not something that you could just be like, oh, she's good now. Like, it's not we, realistic. Well, yeah, because
1: she, she is seeing more specialists and yeah. medical people that would notice if she was injured from and that, that she had or she jumped out of a moving car yeah
0: yep um they also said that one time natalia pushed christine into an electric fence which there's actually many people who also have the diagnosis of dwarfism that said at two feet tall it's impossible to push someone of a normal height like that like people have multiple people have come out and been like that's impossible like you can't do that That's so, it's just ridiculous what they're explaining Did she go to,
1: like, did she have injuries to, like, Nope, never went to the hospital. Nothing just happened.
0: Eventually, the couple brought Natalia to a psychologist and therapist, to which they state now that Natalia told the therapist of how she wanted to kill the family, and she even told the therapist how she'd do it. They also said that she told the therapist she was lying about her age, okay. which they don't have any proof of this, and the therapist never, like... Okay, no,
1: that, that, the reason why...
0: Confidentiality. He didn't tell them that. Like, they have no proof of this.
1: Okay, but when there's an investigation going on, they can come forward with information, and I feel like they absolutely would if there was something like, <laughs> yes. yes, she was threatening the family. Like, there's, uh, there's also...
0: Also, Confi- if you heard that, you would have done something in that moment if you heard Correct.
1: it. Correct. There's confidentiality to an extent. If it's anything yes. that's going to rapidly, uh, potentially harm you or those around you, then they have to report that. You they would don't report just it at it.
0: that time, too. Like, you Correct. wouldn't just not yeah, and then you, tell the family that. You
1: wouldn't be like, oh, I can't. It's a secret. <laughs> like, no. Yeah.
0: But to them, it, would, it wasn't that. To them, the therapist told them that. Like, but that yeah they wouldn't have done that
1: it seems like they think that it's something that the therapist would just keep a secret Mm -hmm. because that's how therapy works but that's not yeah so
0: it's very ridiculous
1: yeah no i wanted to know if there was ever a therapy situation where that person came forward and said here's what i observed here's what i
0: not from the therapist but there are some doctor visits that will say certain things that are a little confusing but okay So there's absolutely no proof of that, but Christine also says that she gave a record to the court from Natalia's doctor that diagnosed Natalia with being a psychopath and a sociopath. This quote-unquote note apparently also said that the doctor presumed Natalia was well over the age of 18, and that was back in 2011. Apparently, the doctor was able to tell all of this through examinations of her teeth, her sexual development, and using a bone density. This note apparently also says that she had a regular menstrual cycle when she was when she was really young. So all of this is apparently in this doctor's note, but no one has ever seen this note.
1: Okay, so that's BS. Yeah. Also, (laughs) psychopath and sociopath? Yep. Okay.
0: I I mean, you know what? I actually should have researched that, but in my mind, I like so quickly was like, that's not possible. Well, Um, I don't know if you can be a psychopath. I don't know if it's impossible.
1: If it's possible, it's probably very rare, rare, but they are. They're kind of contradictory. That's what I'm saying.
0: I I mean, Jan, if you want to look that up, but to me, I quickly (laughs) looked at that and was like, I don't think that's. I know
1: individually what they are. I've not ever really heard of someone being a psychopath and a sociopath, but it's very. I mean, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It just
0: feels like all the accusations are very extreme.
1: I mean, I you haven't given a single accusation that there's any kind of proof of. (laughs) So it's kind of.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The only thing that I thought was strange was the pubic hair. That's the only thing that but I there, was like, but physically, th- I was like, oh, that's a little strange. But was
1: there proof of that?
0: Uh, I think there was. I think it, I think I mentioned it later, but in one of the doctor's visits, they noticed that too. Okay. But I think, uh, I can't remember, but I think. I wonder think, if that's ever happened though. I think they prove it to her diagnosis that it's more common. Oh. Yeah. Well then. Apparently, it's a rare thing, I think, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> Lots of things are rare, but they still happen. (laughs) Yeah. So with this said note in 2012, two years after the adoption, the couple filed a motion with the Marion County Superior Court Mm -hmm. regarding Natalia's age. So with this supposed note, they requested that her age be formally changed. The judge actually went through with it and changed her legal birth year from 2003 to 1989, which would put her at age 22 instead of nine. Okay. Either and it could it's a toss up. It is. Either there is
1: solid something solid they handed that judge, yeah. or the judge was just not fully engaged in like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and there's but also no, no,
0: it, <sighs> it, it the note isn't out, like there's nothing it, yeah. It's very strange that they did it, but And now, that doctor
1: who wrote the note never said anything? It comes up later. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Legally
0: now she is twenty two years old when she was told. When it was told to the parents that she was nine, so as much
1: as legally now Casey Anthony's not a murderer, exactly right, got it.
0: Yeah, so we have no idea how old she actually is, but if uh, in right now Natalia claims that she's seventeen, so right, like literally right now, 2021, she claims she's seventeen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Since 2012, yeah, many I feel like
1: that would be kind of easier to judge as she ages.
0: Oh yes. So <laughs> one of the weirdest things that people have pointed to is if you look at... Okay, if you look at a human being mm-hmm. from the age of a young child yeah. to adult age, they change a lot. Right. If this was the case that she was actually 22, from 22 to now, which was like, what, 10 years ago that this 32. happened, you wouldn't see that big of a change from 22 to 32. You'd see some, but it wouldn't be Listen. drastic. You feel the change more than you see it. She, like your back starts you, start you turning. Can, From looking... If I'm 22... <laughs> to 32 is way less of a change than nine to 17. Absolutely. And if you look at pictures, you can clearly tell that she has gone through like puberty and age. Like you can tell that she didn't go from adult to adult. She went from child to adult. Yeah. So yeah, you can look at pictures after that, but I'm,
1: I'm very much (laughs) on 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 one side of this. I'm waiting to hear something that changes my mind, but I
0: haven't. So since 2012, many media sources have tried reaching out to the doctor that supposedly wrote that note, but he's come out saying that he's not going to be releasing anything and he doesn't want to be involved in any of this. So he doesn't talk to any media about this. In 2013, their oldest son was 12 years old. His name is Joshua Barnett. He was getting a ton of media attention because he was somewhat of a child genius. And the parents were extremely proud of him. He was really good at physics and was featured on a segment of 60 Minutes. And he also gave a TED Talk. So this wasn't just the parents being like, my kid's is super genius. Like, he actually was, like, did a TED Talk. <laughs> this wasn't, was like, like,
1: the parents on American Idol that are like, no, my I, kid I feel is like if next. you didn't know that he actually Mariah had these Carey. accomplishments,
0: you'd be like, these parents are kind of, like, full of it. But apparently he was very smart. Okay. The same year, Joshua got accepted into a very prestigious school in Ontario, Canada, for physics. And that's when the family decided to move to Canada and leave Natalia behind. no. So this is where they get in trouble like this is where all of that starts. So basically the Barnett's claim they left Natalia totally set up. At this point she's legally an adult and so they said they got her own apartment in which they paid rent for her. They set her up with her own social security and food stamps and so they said they left her like hey you're an adult now but like we're still going to help you kind of thing. Apparently though that first apartment um, Natalia was evicted and so they were able to pay for her to get into another place. It doesn't really say why she got evicted, but I'm yeah. assuming parents, they probably forgot to pay a rent or something. And so they were Well, like,
1: I think that has to happen a couple times before they just That's what I'm saying. You.
0: Like they say that they helped her, but I don't know how much they helped right. her. Um, Christine says that she would speak to Natalia daily and how they even talked about how she'd help her get into cosmetology school and pay for it. So, apparently, Natalia was really into cosmetology. I don't believe cosmetology. that. The Barnetts then told Natalia that they would pay for her rent for one more year, and then she would have to figure it out after that. <laughs> so, this would, to- would be totally reasonable if she was actually 22. Like, But she's if she's not, Do you she know was nine years old, and this is extremely <laughs> illegal. Like, if she's not 22... Do you know
1: if... There were sons that are older still lived with them? Or did they put them out on their own and make um, them pay rent and stuff?
0: Joshua was the oldest one. And at right? this point he was just twelve. So he so was like they, a child genius. So they
1: were older than her when she was six, but when she they changed her age, they were younger than her. What? The brothers were older than her when they got her. Yeah. And she was six, but when they legally changed her age. Yeah,
0: it was just two years later.
1: Now they're younger. The brothers are younger than her. No,
0: she's 12. He's 12. The brothers 12 right, right. now. Right, and she's 20? 19? No, they legally say that she's 22. That's what I'm saying. But so she's now she's not actually 9. She would she would be 9 if she was telling the truth.
1: Right. I'm confused I, because I her age skipped forward. Yeah. And I was thinking of them as older, like they could live on their own. Oh, you were But because the- they stayed the same. She's like basically skipped over them. Yes got it
0: so basically they're seeing her i as would be this curious to know
1: adult. though when they're that age did they just put them like say you're on your own now yep. or did they treat them differently <laughs> yeah
0: i don't know uh yep so yeah she's supposedly says she's nine but the parents think she's 22 and legally she's 22 but oh this is the other weird thing even if she was 22 at the time she still had the diagnosis of dwarfism. And right. so she would still need a caretaker. Like mm-hmm. even if her parents left, she would still need somebody to help her out. And the apartment that they signed her up for were not like accessible. Like it wasn't like things were accessible to right, her. Right. And so it is st- even if she was that age, it would still be messed up to just buy, like leave her. Yeah. But eventually the Barnett stopped talking to Natalia. And Christine says that she received a letter in the mail stating that Natalia had changed the beneficiary on her insurance to someone else other than Michael, her husband. At this point, Christine says she could not get a hold of Natalia anymore. She said she was really worried that Natalia was fooling another family, saying that she was a child. And then That's at, what
1: she's worried about? Yep.
0: <laughs> and at that point, she says, we couldn't really do anything about it since they already legally changed her age to 22. So she's like, well, she's an adult. She's not answering my phone calls, so I can't really do anything about it.
1: Okay. I just want to say the contrast and parenting and families of our two stories. <laughs> oh is my gosh. Striking. Oh, that's
0: so true. That's
1: like, so I, w- I want to get emotional for a different reason in this case. <laughs> for real.
0: Oh. So, it's not really known what Natalia does in the next couple of years. She doesn't really talk about it in detail, but apparently, she bounced around to a few different apartments living on her own. So, somehow, if she was actually nine, probably- she managed. Oh. Yeah, it's horrible. She would get evicted from most. Um, some neighbors eventually would sometimes help her pay rent. Um, and in 2016, she moved because she wanted to attend a school called the Excel Center, which was a tuition-free school for teenagers and young adults or older youth, which is just sad, too, because if you're legally 22, she never went through the normal public system, right? like normal system of schooling. And mm-hmm. so now she's like, well, I'm legally 22, I and I want to, like, learn more and so she's having to go to this like older youth young adults place one day natalia was at the school when a teacher so
1: no matter what her age is she never got like a formal education no
0: she didn't because she went straight from six years old being adopted by this family and then they were like wait a second like you're well but even if
1: okay say she was lying or just didn't know her age Mm -hmm. and they're responsible for her at 19 they would still be responsible to make sure she I mean she's delayed at that point on her education so they would be responsible to make sure she gets
0: but in their mind they're thinking this girl's a con artist she's already done all the schooling because she's actually 22 and so when they're they're thinking like she's already gone through all of this like she's just lying weird (laughs) yeah it's very messed
1: up you do a couple pop quizzes to figure that one out
0: yeah for real So, one day Natalia was at this school when when a teacher there called her friend to come meet Natalia. So, she called her friend and was like, hey, I really want you to meet this person. The lady that came, the friend, met Natalia and asked her how old she was. And Natalia responded, 22. She said she noticed it seemed like she was just saying that because she was, like, told to say that. Because she didn't think that Natalia looked 22. The lady tells Natalia that she has kids and that Natalia could come over and hang out um natalia does go over her house and ends up not leaving so she ends up getting real along with this family really well um the mom just really loves her so she technically at this point isn't her legal guardian but she's now considering and staying with this family like she's considering this her family they do try to adopt natalia but legally they can't yeah, because she's right. not a minor based on her legal birthday right. They tried to change her age back to what it was, but they needed her birth certificate, which they didn't have. And they couldn't get a hold of um, the Barnett's. And so they couldn't really do anything. And the request was dropped.
1: But you can um, like legally she could have obtained a new birth certificate
0: because it was in the Ukraine and her adopt- adoption agency was super like sketch. They couldn't, like, get a hold of anybody. They couldn't but do if they, anything.
1: Okay, because if they did a legal adoption into the United States, then they would still have that documented where she could order a new one if, like, she lost one or... Yeah,
0: I don't know what happened with that. So, I
1: mean, that that more points to it being kind of a sketchy yes. adoption process. Like, it was not Apparently illegal. it was very sketchy. Because if it was legal, there would still be a trail of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Whether there was a trail before that point or not, there would still be a trail at that point.
0: Yeah, it, 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 I think it kind of makes it seem like this adoption agency was super sketch and didn't keep records and gave the Barnets the only birth certificate copy they had. And it was like, that's it. Like, it, this doesn't seem like a legit. I mean, they signed papers in like five minutes and was out of there. So yeah. I don't know how legit this place was, but uh da, 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 da. so natalia uh oh the f- so t- until this day the family still claims natalia as one of their own um even though she's mm-hmm. not it's not legal they believe that she is 17 years old at this point okay natalia eventually with like the recommendation of the her new family goes to the police and tells them everything in september of 2018 they uh, saying that her legal she said told them that her legal adoptive parents left her alone in an apartment and then moved to Canada. The Barnett's claimed that they believed Natalia was not a minor when they left for Canada. But so that was their whole thing. They're like, oh, legally mm-hmm. she's 22. But investigators have submitted an affidavit saying that they did, in fact, know she was a minor. They were able to get medical records of two different exams of Natalia. The first evaluation was in 2010, the year she got adopted. And it was reported that Natalia was a minor child. Her age was mm-hmm. estimated to be around eight years old. So even if Natalia is actually telling the truth, her birth certificate and her way that she got to the U.S. was still sketch. And so they, she got adopted supposedly at age six. But this doctor is saying she was around age eight. So she could be telling the truth thinking she's six, but she might actually not be six. She might be eight. Not twenty two, And also it could be eight.
1: something where she thinks she's six and she's eight.
0: Exactly. Like, so the, that's the thing that's just
1: so sketch about this whole like process. And the doctor is giving an estimate. Like, she could be six and they could
0: be exactly. wrong. Exactly. Like, yeah. Because there are kids that are bigger than what they look and all that stuff. But so, yeah, that was the first exam. And then months before the Barnett's went to Canada, there was a second evaluation done with a skeletal, um, a skeletal like process thing. And those results clearly stated that she was <laughs> a minor thing. child. I think I had a typo and it doesn't make sense. Oh, okay. But, but those results clearly stated that she was a minor child. So Barnett's claim, we didn't know she was a minor, but they had two exams in the span of a and couple they years. Kept looking
1: until they got something to...
0: Yeah. In September of 2019, the Barnett's got a warrant and was charged for two counts of felony neglect of a dependent. Mm-hmm. They were both released after posting... A five thousand dollar bail.
1: So that's a very low bail. <laughs> I just want to say, you get like an ounce of weed, and you have a
0: yep. twenty thousand dollar bail. Yeah, exactly. They've both pleaded not guilty, but they face six to twenty years um, uh, six to twenty years in jail if they were found guilty. They both had their trials in the summer of twenty twenty, so pretty recently. Oh, wow. and all neglect charges were dismissed because they were outside the statute of limitations. Judge Steve Myers ruled that Tipicano Superior Court which is where where they were, does not have the authority to change or undo a superior court ruling from another county so the previous ruling that changed her birth year legally to 1989 so legally she was of age when the Barnetts left her for Canada. Regardless if she was or not, technically they have to go by what the previous court ruled Judge Myers said, quote, as a matter of law, she is an adult, end quote so, still to this day, no one knows how old Natalia actually is. The Barnett still believe that she's not a minor, but Natalia claims that she is, in fact, It'll 17. be interesting
1: to see because I feel like uh, as you get older, older, like 60 to 70 is a big difference. Yes. 70 to 80 is a huge difference. So, uh,
0: I think they're you'll always going to claim that. You'll they're, know. they're like, I, yeah, I don't think they'll ever admit that they could possibly be wrong. But. Apparently, when she lives
1: to, like, 120, they'll be like, shoot. Oh, no, shoot. Sure. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> um, I. It's another case where, like, statue limitations, like, why? Yep. Why?
0: Yeah. It's very frustrating. So, apparently, a couple of months ago, like, months ago to this day, a Ukrainian woman spoke to Daily Mail TV and said she was a birth mother of Natalia. She states that Natalia is, in fact, 17 and that she had to give her up when she had her Because of her disabilities. Mm -hmm. And so she couldn't take care of her. This isn't confirmed. Right. um, If she actually is the mom. Trial is still happening. But this isn't like 100% sure.
1: I feel like you could easily do a DNA test.
0: I know. I don't know why they didn't look into it. But it's not really confirmed. Um, The other case is, is that the Judge Meyer says, hey, you can't try them for this because she was legally of age. But however, you can go forward with trying to Uh, charge them for neglect because she had like a diagnosis and so she would still need a caretaker regardless of her age and so you can still charge them for that so that's what they're going for now Mm -hmm. because there's really not much you can do about the other situation so it's still currently happening if i see any updates i'll say it but natalia is living happily with her new family her new mom says that natalia is great they've never had any issues with her she helps clean she helps take care of her siblings and she's just a great asset to their family so At least she's happy, but she has been on Dr. Phil and um, with her new mom. And so if you're interested, you could see that interview. But yeah, that's crazy. That's just frustrating. I know. So hopefully we'll see any updates. But that's the story of Natalia. Okay, Okay. we're excited. I got a song. It's Jan. (laughs) Sorry, your song didn't go this week, but it's Jan time.
3: Okay, Um, so (laughs) talking about Ashley's story first, Uh, Mm -hmm. you mentioned UCF, go Knights, charge on. Um, Second largest school in the country.
0: Yes. That's impressive.
3: And um, I got some cool notes about Orlando. Okay. Orlando is home to more than 100 lakes.
0: Lakes or Uh, retention ponds? See, this is a dispute. lakes. Are you sure? Because a
1: lot of people refer to retention ponds as lakes and it drives okay, me uh, absolutely insane. I
3: didn't go into the specifics, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I have flown into Orlando and there was a lot of lakes. Okay, mm, I do are feel like if lakes. they're
0: considering things re- retention ponds lakes, there'd be a l- way more than 100. True.
1: Definitely. There's probably a couple that are on the line, mm-hmm, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Um there is no documentation for where the name Orlando came from, but some have theorized it is named after the character Orlando, in the Shakespeare play *As You Like It*. Interesting.
0: Yes, I've never interesting. never heard of that.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, Orlando International Airport is the number one destination airport in the country. Disney. That makes sense. Um, Atlanta is the highest. Overall traffic. So Orlando hmm. doesn't have... A lot of flights many. go through Atlanta. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, they do. But the most people... Al- Orlando has the most people... Orlando is kind landing. of the that stopping... Makes
1: sense. Like it's sense. Like, d- it's the end point. Mm-hmm. Atlanta is more of a travel through.
3: Exactly. Um, the Orlando Magic team was almost known as... Uh, a name that I think is very gross, but... Um, Ooh, the okay. Orlando Juice.
0: No! Ew! Why would you name? I'm
3: I'm well, I'm filtering so many no. things.
0: <laughs>
3: Give them that juice.
0: Ew, I hate that. Hashtag. How juice dare real anybody good. bring up that idea? If somebody brought that I'm idea filtering. and I was the boss, I would fire them. Hashtag.
3: I, juicy.
1: <laughs> no, like you're you're at like a one right now. The things I'm filtering are at like a 15 on the scale of like inappropriate. Oh, yeah, like there's, there's so a many. Of,
0: there's a, you can go
3: far with this. Shaquille O'Neal was one of the bigger. That's <laughs> it was one of their bigger first stars. Can you uh-huh. imagine all the slogans with Shaq?
0: Oh, no, stop. Okay, next.
3: I'm enjoying it. Um, but funnily funnily enough, one of their uh, possible team names was The Heat. Oh, interesting. Um. Um, as long as well as The Tropics and, well, The Magic. But obviously they're not as magic.
0: I'm glad <laughs> they went with Magic. I think that was their best option. Mm.
3: Over Out juice? of those.
0: I think it's a
1: stupid name. Sorry if you love them.
3: Oh, it's stupid. Their logo, stupid. The I think it's stupid. Oh yikes! Okay. Um, Orlando is also known as the City Beautiful. Yes. Cool. cool. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, that's all I got for Ashley's story. Um, Issa, it. Uh, you guys asked: Is there a difference between sociopath and psychopath? I know there's a no, difference.
0: No, we d- we asked if they can happen simultaneously. Yeah. So
3: according to this website, there is no clinical difference
0: between mm. sociopath and psychopath
3: what that, website uh, uh, webmd i'm just kidding <laughs> no i'm pretty
1: sure there is a clinical so, only because of the way it uh, presents itself to so others. they
3: said that the there is no like official quote-unquote difference but oh. that is there is a difference in that people who are, who are diagnosed with psych as psychopaths tend to be violent more tend to be more aggressive but people who are sociopaths it's more they're more measured more mm-hmm. yeah it's little it's minor transgressions and stuff like that but oh, i guess you sociopaths really... can
1: be sometimes worse they just hide it yes. better
3: but i guess
0: technically they might not be able to like pinpoint not pinpoint but they might not be able to officially say that because sociopaths can do just as crazy things as psychopaths like i feel like both can do the same things
3: yeah I mean, I don't have anything
2: else
1: to say. Sorry. (laughs) From my understanding, psychopaths don't have the... Empathy? No, they don't have the the Fs to give about whether or not people know they're a psychopath. Mm. Sociopaths are aware of how they should be acting. Mm -hmm. So they they very easily will imitate or kind of be more charismatic. Mm. Not because they have that empathy or that emotion or care, but they know they're supposed to. So they, so that's why they're oftentimes referred to as more dangerous because they can kind of become a chameleon and yes. become anything they want. Psychopaths typically are just crazy Psycho. people.
0: Like I would say, uh, based off serial killers, Ted Bundy's sociopath. And then like somebody like Richard yeah. Ramirez, psychopath. Yeah. Cause Richard just does not care. Mm-hmm.
3: So your guys' question was, can you be diagnosed with both? Right. Um, and no, you can't because they fall under antisocial personality personality, personality disorders. Disorder. And so you can't be diagnosed with. Two well, there you
0: ones. go. These parents are crazy. They're the psychopaths.
3: Um, yeah, it
1: seems like they're just saying things that sound like, oh, she's crazy, but.
3: Okay, and. <laughs> Uh, a statute of limitations is a law that forbids, obviously, obviously, we know that. Mm-hmm. The reason why is to ensure that convictions are based upon evidence, physical yeah. or at witness, it that has not deteriorated over time. It doesn't mm-hmm.
1: matter because it, there can be evidence that someone rapes someone, but if it's after a certain point, it, it, you can't try them for that. Yeah, so that's yeah, why yeah. It's, it's very much something that was set up to protect powerful people and people who want to take advantage of others where as long as they make it past a certain time they're kind of in the clear (sighs) because it's not evident if if it was statute of limitations like uh like how they approach you can't you can't appeal this unless you have new evidence if it was like statute of limitation unless there's new information new evidence that's one thing but it's just a line in the sand of you can't Go after someone for this? That's m- very much to protect powerful people.
0: I agree. I think it's stupid. That's all I got. So that's there's no reason for it. Well,
3: those are my notes. Cool. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that's all we have. Do you have anything else to say? Oh, email us mm. at shadow. I'm Crime. still thinking
1: about the psychopath sociopathing <laughs> because if if there wasn't a clinical difference, then how could they not be both?
0: Wait, what? What are you asking?
1: If there's not a clinical difference in the two, then how come they're saying, oh, but like they can't be both? Because that means there's a difference if they're two separate
0: entities. Yeah, I get you. I don't
3: know. I think they're saying um, that they fall under the same thing. So there is a greater diagnosis of anti... What was it, person? Anti... Social, antisocial, personal, whatever, personality disorder. Thank you. Um, and so you're diagnosed with that, not necessarily with psychopathy or, yeah, so I get psych- what you're saying. So you can't be both because you're technically just all of them. Yeah, well, that would be
1: being both, then that yeah, would mean everyone's.
3: I get, I get your logic. like you're I don't, I'm not explaining this correctly and I no
1: no no I'm just I'm very curious about it because you're saying I'm trying to apply it to something else that's yeah. like saying no I, that's I, like I totally saying get you. that a cat and a dog can't be the same but they're both they're both uh cats like that doesn't make sense like you're both under
3: I guess I guess it's like you're both dogs but one of you is a Shar-Pei and one of you is a chihuahua.
1: So then there's a difference. That's my point.
3: There is a if there's a difference there's a but marked they're both difference. dogs. But they're saying there is no right. legal clinical difference, but that they that all terms are kind of used interchangeably, but that commonly psychopaths are more violent, more physically Yeah, and, and I also
1: know like us. sometimes when you're talking about like clinically, that's a very rigid yeah
0: um line but you might not have certain things that you can point to like you can't take someone's blood and be like oh you're a sociopath oh you're a psychopath like it's things that you're noticing about people so you might not be able to diagnose somebody fully with certain differences because everyone is yeah. different clinically
1: like, for it to be clinical it has to be widely like yes, everyone has to be exactly. on the same page and when you're talking about the study of the mind That's there's going to be you very can. different viewpoints so i understand where they would be like we can't we can't say like clinically, but generally but they're kind of recognizing that there's a difference in the two makeups. Yeah. And saying that you can't be interesting. I just, um, it's interesting.
0: No, I agree. Very interesting. Uh, well, I'll be like, uh, what are we talking about? Oh yeah. Uh, email us. Oh yeah. Email us. Um, if you have any stories, you can email us. If you just want to say hi, you can email us. If you have any thoughts about psychopaths or sociopaths, you can email us at shot at gmail.com
1: or if you have any info on the jennifer Cassie yeah case.
0: wait but more contact the stuff that you
1: i mean you there. can email us we'll just pass it on yeah do whatever whatever, do whatever.
0: whatever if you feel you see comfortable something, with. say something and call if you don't want to
1: tell them and you want to be anonymous we will do it for you <laughs> true but yeah cool sweet